People need the Lord. But who needs the Lord is the one that stays still and let the Lord be Lord. And today I want to say, tell someone here or a family or a person, I'm here not for the church. I'm here and my story is for someone here specifically. Because you hear earlier my testimony, a brief introduction of my testimony, and you will be just like, why he's here? Why he's in my church? Why he's talking about Operation Christmas Child? Why he's talking about this shoebox? Why this shoebox is really special for him? But let me tell you this, my story didn't start on that introduction. Let's go back to where my story started. And my story started a few weeks ago, just last week. How do my story start last week? Let me tell you this story. I was in Birmingham going to Oklahoma. And I saw, I don't look the, the weather. I'm not <laughs> a weather guy. But I noticed that the storm is coming. Went to the airplane, the storm is outside. I saw my seat, I have two empty seats, I was so happy. Today I will relax and sleep, thank you God. Just when I say thank you God, a couple just came and said that is our seat. <laughs> I said, okay God, thank you so much for giving me this. I didn't know what God was planning, is outside is storming. Remember I said, Stay still and let God be God. And I sat there with my notebook, focusing on just, let's go, and uh, I want to be there. God has a, another plane. And the lady looked at me and said, how are you? I said, I'm fine. Where are you from? And this is what God put me for years in my heart. When I go somewhere, if someone didn't mention where are you from, I have to make it very careful to know if God wants me to talk about him or not talk to, uh, about him. It's between where are you from, that means I'm from Alabama, I'm coming from Anyana, 45 minutes from Birmingham. When a person said, where are you originally from, I know that they want to hear my story. God opened the door for that. That lady did not say that. The lady said, where are you from? I said, Alabama. Uh, Onyanta, 45 minutes from here, and they said, oh, what are you going to do in Oklahoma? I'm going to talk about Operation Christmas Child. Oh, what is Operation Christmas Child? I have my QR code, give her, she took a picture, she started excited, she was so happy. We want to do Operation Christmas Child. How to do that? I said, I have a contact, <laughs> let me contact someone. And, she, I, and I was, where do you come from? Northport. Northport, are you sure? Yes. I was in Northport Tuesday. I'm in the airplane on Thursday. Northport. Where in Northport did you speak at? At the Baptist church. Oh, our church is just the church next to the Baptist church. We want to do Operation Christmas Child. Send someone to lead us because we are the leaders of our church and we can make it happen. Fantastic. 
Few minutes later, I was minding my business, and the lady looked at me again and said, Do you know, we are praying for years for God to send us a connection from Africa. They don't know where I'm from. I said, really? And they said, but these few weeks, God is putting Senegal in our country, in our heart. We are praying for God to send us in Senegal. I said to the lady, are you sure? She said, yes. I said, are you sure? She said, yes. I said, I'm from Senegal. He said, no, it's not possible. I said, yes. I show her my ID. I'm from Senegal. And God sent me here in this airplane for us to meet and to have the connection. We talk about everything. And arriving in, in Dallas, I was thinking my journey is over. And I hear on the, on the uh, speakers, delay. I'm not going to make it on time for my speaking engagement in Oklahoma. Because we have four hours of delay. Be still, Edward, and let me be God. Don't worry, don't call anybody, still be still. And I stay there, and the guy in front of me was just panicking and not knowing what to do. He was in the phone talking to his wife. They have something to do at 6 in Oklahoma City. The wife was in phone yelling and said, you can't miss that. I don't know what is this. I don't know what was that program. But I supposed to be also in Oklahoma at 6. We both have important program in Oklahoma at 6. But our plane supposed to leave at 9 p.m. The guy was worried. I look at him and I said, we're going to make it. He said, no. <laughs> I said, yes. He said, no. I said, okay, let's go now to the custom office and see what the options are. We went there. The lady looked at us and said, no option, 9 p.m. Only. I said, do we have another option? She said, yes, we have another option. Is the standby. That is the first time I'm hearing that. If you travel, I think you know what is a standby mean. Standby at 2, standby at 4, standby at 6. But let me tell you this, guys. You have 10 people that already upgrade and 42 people that are in the waiting list. And you are in the number 2. 23 me and he's in the number 24. That means to make that airplane is not going to be possible for two, not possible for four, and not possible for six. I look at the man and I said, we're going to make it. He said, no. And we sat there waiting and finally he turned and said, what are you going to do in Oklahoma? I said, I'm going to talk about Operation Christmas Child. What is Operation Christmas Child? I said, oh, let me talk to you about it. We start talking about that. His wife on the phone the whole time. We start talking, he asking questions. And when I'm done, I look at him and I said, you know what? The whole story I just tell to you is about faith. And I, I was wearing a bracelet saying faith. And I showed it to him. I said, I have a faith. And I want you to have faith today. And directly when I say that, the speaker said, Edward Dickey, I'm number nine. He's number 10. We are going to the airplane on standby two, two o'clock, and we are in the airplane. He sat, 
he turned two eyes to look at me if I'm real. <laughs> and I, I was just like, yes, I am. I'm a human. And God was telling me, be still. Before we leave the airplane, I told the, the lady, Do we, are you sure our uh, luggage will be here? No, 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 no. Your luggage will be at the 9 p.m. because it's where your name is. The standby is not going to bring your luggage. I called John, one of the uh, director um, in Oklahoma, and I said, John, we're going to go to the speaking engagement, but take me again to the airport for my bag uh, luggage. And he said, yes, we're going to make it. No problem. After I said that to John, you know what I said? I turned to the man and I said, we're going to go to the baggage claim to take our bag. He said, you just tell him you're going to come back at 9. I said, but I know that my God has something to do. Let's go. And the man told me, we face to face, if we saw our bags in the baggage claim, I know that your God is a faithful God. I said, today, you will see that my God is a faithful God. We went to baggage claim. They make the sound. The baggage, luggage has come. First bag, my bag. Second bag, his bag. And he looked at me and he said, this is not possible. I said, I serve a faithful God. God allowed me to be in the airplane in the storm to talk to this couple about Operation Christmas Child for God to lead them and give them the answer of their prayer to be connected to Senegal. God allowed the, the delay in, in Dallas for me to be able to witness that man that God is faithful. But the, all the time, the only thing I feel in my heart was that calm and still. And when I was in the car going to the speaking engagement, my first one, something just said, Edward, talk to me. Open your ears and I will talk. And I feel something really special and today I want to share it to you. And it's when I realized that my story, wow God, what you did in the airplane and what you did in Dallas started in West Africa, Senegal, before I was born, before I was formed in the womb, before I was created into existence, God, you had planned that moment. Because God looked my country and see 17 million of people and God saw that in that 17 million of people, 95% of the people don't know him. And God looked at over and said, I need someone here. And God looked at my dad and said, I will call you to be a pastor. When my dad accepted God's call, he saw serving. The first church that my dad served at, they can't pay my dad. They can't give him a, a salary, transportation, any, even a house. The only thing they have to give him is a pulpit to preach. But my dad said yes. My mom said yes. They want to serve the Lord in that condition. 
We walk to go to church. We go, walk to go home. We walk to do everything. Life was hard. But they choose to serve the Lord. I did not pick that. He didn't call me. He calls them. And my parents served the Lord with all their heart, all their strength, all their mind. They served the Lord. And one day, one of my dad's friends came and said, I have a house for you. What an amazing thing to someone come to you and say, I have a house for you. I have a free house. We went to visit the house. We were so excited. The only thing we see is four walls, no door, no window, and not a roof. But it's disappointed for me, but it was a happy moment for my mom and dad. Why is happy moment? Because before God called my dad to be a pastor, God put a skill of carpenter in his life, and he called him to be a pastor to tell him one day, I will give you a house with no door, no window, and no roof for you to use the skill that I gave you before I call you to fix it. And my dad did. We fixed that house, but that house didn't have any electricity, any water. We have to walk two and a half miles for water, and when we buy water, we can we put it in the top of our head and we walk two and a half miles. And when we arrive home, mom have this special cup, this big cup, five cups of that water for us to go take a shower. You can't take six cups, five cups. Mom have to have us have just five cups. Life was hard, but my parents were faithful. And one day I come to my dad and I say, Dad, this is not possible anymore. Why people outside of us, the 95%, they have everything they want. And we are serving the mighty God and we don't have it. Why we have to live in this condition and we are serving God. And my dad looked at me. I was thinking he will give me this speech that will revolution the world. And he looked at me like all the time with his big smile and he said, Edward, even if you don't have water and electricity, even if you don't have anything in life, you have the most precious thing. You have the most precious gift. You have God. When my dad said that the only reason thing I have in my heart to do is just to look at him and say, I want to be like you. I look at my dad and I say, I want to have your heart. I want to follow the same God you follow and be like you. But life didn't change. And my mom had to take a decision. I can't go to church anymore every single day because we have to survive. No one was there, but they were happy to serve. Mom started working every single day. From 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. Every single day. When mom goes to work, we are sleeping. And when mom comes to work, uh, from work, we are sleeping. The only time for us to be with our mom and sit there and watch her praising the Lord is at church. It's why my favorite place in my whole life, my favorite place to be 
is a church. I can say 24, 40, one week without leaving a church. It's my favorite place to be. And my mom sometimes will look at us before the church end and she will say, I'm gone. And life was hard. But God looked at my heart and know that I want to meet him. And when I was 12, I went to the youth camp. I don't know if you have the experience to go to youth camp. You have that high moment and you are ready to change. You come back home and you say, I will be praying every single day. My life is changed. Yes, that was me because I accept Christ in age of 12. I accept Christ. I said, Lord, I want to be like my dad. I want to follow you. And when I come home, I was ready to tell my parents how amazing it is to follow Jesus. How amazing Jesus will change everything. Our life will be changed forever. I came home. Our house was with no electricity, with no water. We are still walking to go to church. We are still eating one meal a day. Our house is with struggle, struggle, struggle. Nothing changed in my family's life. The only thing that changed is my heart of worship. I was so thankful. I stopped complaining and just follow God's direction. Be still, Edward, and let me be God. When God saw that my heart is still and connected to him, when God saw that my heart trying to know him more, God said to me, and, huh, I have another gift for him, but he didn't know that. Let me surprise him. You know, when you walk with God, God will give you always a surprise. And that happened to me. Two years later, I was in the group called Good News Club. Good News Club is made for kids in the church to know the gospel, know the Bible, to be able to share the gospel outside of the church because 95% of people in my country don't know him. I went to the program, everything was fantastic, and this man from nowhere came and stood there and just said, I have a gift. Yes, we acted like the same, we were silent. And we told him, yes, you have a gift, you have Jesus Christ. And he said, no, I don't have, it's not just Jesus Christ, I have a gift, an actual gift. And the man turned and gave us a gift. This was the gift that he put in every hand. And I hold mine. <laughs> I hold my gift. This is my gift. I was there with my brother, my youngest brother, Noah. He was with me, standing there, and I hold my gift. But in Operation Christmas Child outreach event, we have to count. We count Three, two, one, or one, two, three, and we open our gift and everybody celebrate the inside, the gift, and so happy. And when they start counting, I feel in my heart to go talk to the man. When they start counting three, two, I went to the man and I said, we are not going to open our gift. He never said why, he just said, okay. I told Noah, my brother, we are not going to open our gift today. And Noah was mad. He was mad. I was not the good brother anymore. 
But why I didn't want to open our gift? Because of one thing. I can't stand there and open my gift in front of all these kids, all these people, and one person is missing. The most important person that put me to stand. If my family is standing every single day, it's because of one person. My mom. My mom has to enjoy the gift that we receive. We can't open the gift without her. And that day, God did a miracle. Mom didn't come at 10 at home. Mom came earlier at 8. Mom knocked on the door and said, We're here. That is mom. It's not possible. Mom is here. Mom, we have a gift. Our house with no chairs, no comfortable seats, we have to sit on the floor. It's the only option to enjoy our gift. And we open our gift that day. And inside the gift, the first thing I saw was the soap. Church, I'm encouraging you today. If you never went home or buy a soap and say, God, thank you for what you gave me, I challenge you today to do that. My parents will buy a bar of soap and they will cut it to pieces to be able to use it for days. That day, God didn't give me one bar of soap. God gave me two bars of soap. My brother also had two bars of soap. That means four bars of soap in the family that we're going to cut it for pieces and use it for days. And for days, for days, my mom is not going to worry about do we have to buy a soap or do we have to buy food. For, for days, my mom will be relaxed in her mind. And God did it for us. In my shoebox, I received something really special. Maybe it's nothing for you, but for me, <laughs> this is a special gift. My toothbrush. Every single day, because of my brother sharing a toothbrush with him, and I don't want to wake up second and brush my teeth in second place. No, no, I don't want that feeling, no. I have to wake up early to brush my teeth first. And I do that for years. And this was what my brother said. My brother looked at me when I received my shoebox gift. And he said, Edward, you don't have to wake up anymore early. You have your own. But why I have two toothbrushes in my hand? Because the person that packed my shoebox was led by the Lord. They didn't put one toothbrush for me. They put a second for me to be able to share it with my sister. Inside my shoebox, I received something special. I don't know how do you call this thing here. But I know that you know the name, but you know the wrong name. Can you give me the name? I knew you were going to say the wrong name. <laughs> this is not a yo-yo. This is how you hold it, hold it. You put it like this, and you put it back of, on your back here, and you walk. 
And while you're walking, you, are, you have to go and find who you fight with. This is the fight tool. This is called... I know you know the Bible, and I know the pastor teach you about this story about David and Goliath. This is how David fight Goliath. This is the illustration of David's slingshot. It's what I was thinking. Because for 15, 14 years of my life, I didn't see something like this. This is the first time. And I was thinking they just want to teach us David's story. No, this is a yo-yo. But why the yo-yo? Let me tell you why this. Everything I said didn't start my story yet. Let me tell you now where my story started. My story didn't start at the airport in Birmingham, didn't start at Dallas, didn't start now me talking to you about this. My story started with one thing. My story started years ago when God was looking somewhere around the world and saw a heart that said, yes, Lord, I want to pack a shoebox. The person said, yes, Lord, I pack a shoebox. That person opened the shoebox and said, Lord, I want to know what to put there. God said, put a yo-yo, put a toothbrush, put a soap, because their parents struggle with it. That person closed it. That person take the shoebox, and the shoebox went to the church. The church prayed for it. Your church select the box. The box went to the drop off area, the drop off, send it to the processing center. The processing center work on the shoebox. The shoebox was prayed over. The, the shoebox went to uh, any transportation that they took to put it in the countries. And the box went to Senegal. The Senegal opened the box and check it and make sure it's safe. And the box went to my church. My church hold it for weeks before to have the outreach event. The outreach event, that guy opened the box and take my box and come to me and see that little boy standing there and said, take it. That box started with wanting someone like you say, yes, Lord. It's where the story started. The story didn't start with, my, with me holding the box. The box starting with someone like you staying at home and saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pack a shoebox. Thank you, Lord, for calling me, and I said yes to it. Now I'm letting you know that I'm here standing here and talking to your church just because you say yes. My story is possible. God show my family his faithfulness. God show my family his goodness. My God show my family how strong and how powerful it is. he is because of you. Because you say yes. And God did a miracle. My family was the only Christian family in that neighborhood. And I was the only kid with a yo-yo in the whole neighborhood. And do you know why God did that? Because God used my yo-yo to put the kids that don't know Christ to come to the family 
Christian family to borrow the yo-yo to a Christian boy, take the yo-yo to the house that is not Christian, and the parents will come to the Christian family to ask them about this, and my parents can take this shoebox and explain to them the powerful love of Jesus Christ. And I will say, just thank you, Lord. I want to be like a yo-yo. I want to be the person, the instrument to be able to share about you in the easy way. And God did it. And today, I'm here. In 2014, I came to the United States because I was preparing for the Olympics 2016 for Senegal National Team of Track. Being in the team, Olympics team in 2012, and went to Africans game and winning Senegal title for 70, seven years in a row, God brought me here to prepare for the Olympic 2016. And when I make the time, I didn't go. I had an injury, but God has a plan. In 2014, I sat in the church, and the pastor came and said, the youth pastor, oh, we have boxes to move. Can you help on the Wednesday night? Of course. You think I'm strong? I can help. I came on Wednesday night. I opened the door. The first thing I saw was the logo. I screamed like a little baby. I know this box. I know this. I received something like this. I was so happy. But God was planning and showing me now the final picture. Someone say yes. You receive and receive the call to say, Lord, I want to serve you now because the shoebox gives me the opportunity to be more passionate and more open to share the love of Jesus Christ around the world. Now I'm in the country where I can pack for other kids around the world and talk about his faithfulness and goodness. But God didn't, was not done with me. Let me tell you this final story. In February, I went to Senegal. I went back to Senegal to visit my family. I went home and I looked at my dad and I said, I'm here at home. What are we going to do? First thing, let's go visit this family that just joined your church. I said, Dad, no. I'm not here to visit any family. I'm here to visit you and mom. Let's go. If you are a son of a pastor, you have to follow the rules. And I went with my dad. We sat there in, the, in that house. They were talking, explaining things. For me, that was the most boring conversation ever. I was ready to leave. I'm just like, this is boring. This is not fun. And something said, just put your heads up. I put my head up. There is a shoebox. I say, shoebox? This four-year-old girl named Deborah, start running to me because she hears shoebox. And she said, don't throw it away. This is mine. I said, no, I'm, not just, I'm just asking. And she said, yes, this is my shoebox. And I said, Deborah, tell me what do you receive in your shoebox. She said, I received my shoebox at school. And when I opened my shoebox, I saw a doll. And she ran to the room, bring the doll, show me. I I'm telling you, the person that packed that shoebox packed a very, very good, good doll. And I, that was so beautiful. 
but it's the only thing that was important for Deborah in that shoebox. The day that Deborah received a shoebox at school, Deborah's brother is eight. He didn't go to school because he was sick. When Deborah received the shoebox, come home, open it, saw the door, take the door, move away. In the corner of that box was a soccer ball for his brother, her brother. When the brother took the, the, ball, the ball, look at the ball, they were so happy. The parents were nervous. They took the doll, they took the, the soccer ball, returned it to the box, closed the box, grabbed De, uh, Deborah and brother, mom and dad, moved the house to go find what is the church close there to explain to them why their daughter have this box. They were, they were there looking for a church. The first church they saw was my dad's church. And they knock on the door. The first person that opened the door was my dad. And they said, what is this? And my dad said, oh, a shoebox. You come in. I will explain to you this. But now let me tell you this. Deborah that received a shoebox at school, she's four. Her shoebox led them to church. Now they are a member in my dad's church. The powerful way to show Jesus Christ to every heart that will be ready to receive him is for you to say yes first. When was the last time that you say yes, Lord, for anything, not just for the shoebox? God is calling you for something, and you are struggling to say yes. Now go home and tell Lord, yes, I want to serve you. Lord, yes, I'm going to clean the church now. Yes, Lord, I will move the chairs at church if it's what you call me to do. Because when God calls you for something, he will provide the answer of that. God called me to receive a shoebox and to talk about him through the miracle that he did. But because of you today, many kids around the world are praising God because of your faithfulness to God. Now, let me tell you, I, you are my heroes. You are the ones my heroes, and I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for packing shoeboxes, and thank you for changing lives around the world. But this year, for someone who never packed here or someone who's struggling right now, why, what I'm doing, let me give you this final thing. Somewhere around this world, a kid is waiting patiently for your shoebox to be packed just your box to be packed for their life to be changed for Christ forever. Thank you, church. Thank you for having me. Thank you, pastor, and God bless you all.